Hey friends, happy Wednesday and welcome to Drive Through Moms. I'm your host, Lynn Mitcher. Each episode, we'll hear stories from ordinary moms serving others in extraordinary ways and chat about how God has impacted their life. I'm so glad you're here. Here we go. Hey, Candace. Hey, Lynn. How's it going? It's good. How are you? I'm awesome. Good oh, to hear from you. I miss your sweet voice and hugs <laughs> and chats at work with Miss Candace. I'm so glad that you agreed to, to talk to me. I know it's kind of weird, but um, I'm so thankful. So thank you for agreeing to be on. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. So what it was? Uh, what was your guys' summer like with COVID and everybody being home? And how did you? What did that look like? I mean, I know for us it was super weird. The kids were home for a while that are normally not here my big kids. And so we had to kind of figure out how to space out around the house and everybody still work. But um, what was that like for y'all? Well, my husband works from home and he's used to doing that. So we're used to, you know, being quiet when we have to be. And, you know, uh, besides the doorbell ringing all day long, because Reese played with all the neighborhood kids all summer. They've been playing together since spring break. And my son, you know, he started um, strength and conditioning in June. So he had that early every morning and then work. But, I mean, it was different. We didn't get to go on a normal vacation. Um, So we bought a boat and that was our out um, just to invest time in each other and family. Yeah. And um, we're so thankful for that. Well, I knew you guys had, y'all have a, you go to a lake house some, but I didn't know you did, you, the boat was a new thing. I thought maybe y'all already had that. So that's been <laughs> a lot of fun. We've actually been doing a little research on properties for, I don't know, we can't do it yet, but just something that we've been thinking about for the next few years when we get closer to retiring, which is kind of scary yes. to think about, but. Well, unfortunately, um, we had to sell the lake house. Okay. Um, and that's why we invested, um. Well, I wouldn't call a boat an investment, but it's an investment in your family. Sure. Absolutely. And we love the lake. And with the boat, we thought about a pool, but at least, you know, the boat, we love the lake. And so you can take the boat anywhere, any lake you want to. We yeah. took it to uh, Broken Bow in June, and we're going to go back Labor Day weekend and take the boat with us. We love Broken Bow. It's so gorgeous up there. So what greater reason Case going to be in? Case, is he driving now or did you have to, I can't remember if he was <laughs> driving or if you, it seemed like you were teaching him one of the last times we talked. I can't remember where he is now. Finally. Why is that funny? <laughs> <laughs> well, finally. Uh, so Case is start, just started his junior year on Wednesday. Okay. And he... Because of COVID, it kind of put us behind a little bit, but he took his driving test through a third party, and we finally are going to get his driver's license on Monday morning. Awesome. <laughs> so then are you having to take him to those? I hated those early morning workouts when they had to be there at like six o'clock. Um, yes. Yes. I hated. I say I hated it. I think Reggie probably took him all the time because I'm not Miss Morning, <laughs> but I did have to pick up. So were you having to do that this whole time? Oh my gosh, it? yes! And I'm so grateful for my husband. Because would alternate days. Yeah, and so we would have to get him there. I think he had to be there around six thirty in the morning till nine thirty. So we'd have to leave around six ten all summer. 
And then this week prior to school, he had to be there at 5.30, 5.15 in the morning. Sorry. <laughs> Those are just ungodly hours. I can't, <sighs> I've never, yeah. I've never been a morning person <laughs> at all, but this last few months, um, I've been doing, I've been working part time. And so, uh, cause obviously we still have one more in college and are, uh, got two more years. So we get him out, but um, so I've been working part time and I'm like, it's so hot. I can't handle walking it in the heat anymore. And I just really, this sounds really silly, but I just really started praying, Lord, you know, I hate the mornings, you know, I don't get up, but if I'm going to do this, you're literally going to have to wake me up. And, and it has been the weirdest thing to doubt that that would happen. But like, I'm getting up and walking at like six 30 almost every morning. And it's shocking to my system because I've never, liked it at all, but it's just been, God was like, all right, I've been waiting for you to ask all this time, but it's kind of weird, but I can wake that's up. That's awesome. I can wake that's up, awesome. but uh, <laughs> that's never been a part of my regimen at all. Well, it's awesome. I can definitely tell you, uh, I'm not a morning person and neither is my son. Uh, so mornings, we barely talk to one another yeah. um, on the way there. Um. But on the way back, we always have, you know, a good talk. Yeah. Um, but I do it because I love him. Yeah. And this is something he's always been passionate about. And I just want him to be able to, you know, uh, continue with something that he loves. Right. And I'd rather get up at five o'clock every morning and take him to football than him, you know, out being somewhere else doing, you know, right. getting into trouble, right. you know? So I feel like this has just been really good for him and it's kept him grounded. Yeah. And, and then my little girl, Reese, she just started fourth grade, which is crazy. Yeah. My baby. So, and she, I'm going to tell you that girl, I told my husband this morning, I said, David, I said, we are so blessed because she finds positive in everything. She's always happy and she's always cheerful. Don't you think she gets that from you? Because you are very, <laughs> you are very much that way. I mean, when, when we work together and, you know, I could just remember hearing all the kids, Miss Candace, Miss Candace running around the hall and they knew that you Love them. You were glad to see them. You were always had a good attitude, and that doesn't come natural for. I mean, that doesn't come natural for me. I'll be totally honest. So I think that she probably got a lot of that from you. So maybe her dad's pretty positive. Sometimes I think he is more positive than me. I think the Candace that you get to see is my passion. Yeah, and I just can't help it when I see a child. I just I light up. Yeah. Well, and it's so super obvious, you know, we had a certain group of sisters that would run around the school just I could see them. <laughs> Miss Candace, Miss Candace. I just I love it. And they always had to make sure that when they were leaving school that, you know, they knew where you stood at the end of the day and they were always <laughs> running by, you know, waving and making sure that you saw them as they were leaving because they loved you so much. And I love them so much and they have no idea how much oh. them doing that made me feel. Those sweet girls. Um, so, okay. So I want to go back a little bit because I know you, um, I think that's a weird thing about working together with people is you want to have time to talk to each other and get to know each other and you kind of get it in really small spurts, you know, maybe 
two minutes here while you're waiting for your food to warm up in the microwave or, you know, a couple minutes before your day starts. But, you know, I know bits and pieces of, of your story, but um, you grew up with several brothers, right? Like two or three or how many brothers did you have? I have uh, five older brothers. And then I have, yes. And so then you're I have the baby a, of, of, you're the baby. I have a younger brother. Okay. I have a half brother. Okay. So what in the world? I mean, I grew up with two brothers, but what was it like growing up with six brothers? Uh, you grew up pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta have thick skin, which I never did. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's different, you know. Um, sometimes I wish I had a sister. Yeah. I love all my brothers dearly. But, you know, I see that they're closer together. But um, I do. I, I love each one of my brothers. And they've each taught me a little something. Um, but also, I have four brothers that were almost like in a different family because they were so much older than me by the time my brother, Michael, and I came along. Right. So it's kind of like my dad raised two sets of kids. Because y'all were spread out in age. Yes. My oldest brother and I are about 15 years apart, 15 and a half years apart. Yeah. Okay. And then they fall like stairs after that. And then eight years later, my mom and dad had my brother, Michael, and then two years later had me. Okay. Yeah, I can't imagine. We, my brothers were not quite that much older. I guess my older brother is six, almost seven years. And then my middle brother is four, I think. But, you know, we always shared a bathroom, the three of us. And it, I don't remember it ever really being a big issue, but I know that I was closer probably at the time to my younger, the middle brother. I was the younger of, of all three of us. Um, but it was definitely different growing up because I feel the same uh, about not having a sister. And I think when I had my girls, that was one thing that I really prayed about was, man, I want those girls to be close. I want them to mm-hmm. have something, you know, have somebody to talk to that's not me, that's not a friend, um, but that they had that that bond. And so it's been super sweet to see because they're really pretty close now. Um, and they always have been. but. Yeah, not having a sister um, was weird. It was different, but, you know, yeah. I, think, I think God uses other women in your life in a lot of different ways, um, even though that well, might be part of yours. Yeah, I did have, um, well, my mother passed away uh, when I was an infant, and my dad remarried. So I did have a stepmom, and I had some step siblings. They were also older than me. Um, so I had two stepsisters. But um, we were not very close because they were so much older than me. Yeah. Um, But um, my little brother and I and my brother, Michael, who's two years older than me, the three of us were pretty close when we were younger. Okay. And then when our parents got divorced, you know, he went and lived with his mom and my brother and I were living with my dad. You know, so we lost touch growing up. So um, I grew up, 
then my brother Michael and I, of course, you know, going through adolescence, all we did was fight. Yeah, well, <laughs> but we loved e- we loved each other, yeah. but we fought a lot. That's okay. I mean, that's that's part of it, and conflict is part of of growing up and trying to learn how to make uh, decisions in the moment, and then ends up serving you well later. Even though maybe at the time it seems petty, which it probably was. Most of the time, we were fighting over something stupid, like who gets to sit in the middle or who gets to ride shotgun or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. or, or the who who gets to watch the TV first? Yeah. For sure. Yes. Fighting over the remote. Yes. Anything that we could think of. Yeah. I'm sure my dad was ready to just send us off somewhere. So you were an infant then, you said, when your mom passed away. What was that like growing up? I mean, was your dad remarried and you had your stepmom very long as a part of your life? I mean, did you have other female women in your life that kind of served as a mother figure to you? Yes, I did. Um, I did not know my stepmother was not my mom until I was probably five years old. Okay. I called her mom. I thought she was my mom. Okay. Um, and then I found out that, you know, my mom passed away and growing up the life that I had, like, we didn't really talk about things or feelings. Everything was just kind of swept under the rug. So that was a little hard for me. You think that was more, I don't know, if you, were you, because you were surrounded by guys? I mean, it's not really a diss against men, but I know that talking about their feelings is, at least in my family, a little harder than women. And so maybe being surrounded by that many brothers and that many men in the house, that that really wasn't I don't know, like you said, that it was swept under the rug. I think for my dad, it because it happened fast when my mom passed away. And I think for my dad, it was too hard for him to talk about my mom. And he remarried not very long after my mom passed away. And of course, he'll tell you now it wasn't love. You know, he had six children, you know, and um, and you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe he felt, you know, he didn't want to talk about my mom in front of his new wife. I don't know. Sure. Well, you know, it had to be extremely I, painful too, right? I mean. Yeah, I guess. It, yeah, I know it was because my dad went through a hard time as well and just yeah. tried to move forward with what he had and how he could. And I mean, my mom, from what my brothers have told me, I mean, she was, she was the heart of the home. I mean, she did everything. And my dad worked for a company uh, where he had to travel, you know, back and forth. And so when she passed away, that was very difficult for my dad. And I know my brothers weren't the easiest of teenagers at the time. And I'm sure they all were going through their own rebellion and And I'm sure we probably all needed some sort of counseling and nobody ever got like the counseling that they needed, you know? Yeah. So when you find out that your mom, who you always thought was your mom is not your mom. I mean, think about it. Five, you're still a baby. Sure. Yeah. You know, and it was shocking for me and I wanted to know about my mom and I saw some pictures of my mom, but my dad did not keep my mom's memory alive. He's never even taken me to her gravesite. Mm. So I think that was just very how he thought the best way to handle it. Was. Sure. 
And in the moment, I mean, you know, it's it's hard a lot of times just in everyday normal situations to feel like you're making the right decision at the time. And then, I mean, even now, like, you know, all my kids are grown and our youngest is in college. We definitely, Reggie and I have talked a lot about things we would do different. You know, I think that's yeah. why you get to where you're a grandparent and all of a sudden, you know, it's not that you don't care about those little things that your kids that you might would have corrected your kids over or things you would have made a big deal over. But I think the older you get, maybe the wiser you get based on experience. Absolutely. That you, just, you look at stuff and you're like, yeah, that was such a non-issue. Why did I make a big deal out of it? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think retrospect and hindsight's definitely 2020 that you kind of, you make the right decision in the moment right now for what you think is the best thing to do at the time. Yes. It doesn't necessarily mean that sometimes you don't wish you could have done something different, but you deal with what you're dealt and, and take care of it as best you can with God's help. What do you think that, how do you think your past in terms of your <clears throat> lack of, uh, a motherly presence in your home outside of your biologic, you know, your stepmom, how did that shape kind of the way you mother now and the way you look at your own children? And I know you guys have a blended family. So how did, how did not having a mom affect how you raise your own children in that relationship? Gosh, um, you know, at a, you know, growing up, I never, I knew my dad loved me, but my dad also divorced his second wife, you know, when I was around 10. And then the summer going into my senior year, he remarried again. And I only met his third wife one time. Yeah. And that was very hurtful. Um, Not knowing somebody and then, you know, how I, you know, just taking, pulling me away from everything at adolescence and then putting me into a new school, not knowing anybody, that was very hard and very difficult. And when he married his third wife, I know he always loved me, but now I look being a mom. Now my dad abandoned me. He mentally abandoned me. He was physically there, but mentally he wasn't, he Mm -hmm. was with his new wife and his new life. You know, I lived in the same house with him. But it was different. So when I have had my children, you know, it made me, you know, I don't know. I just, since I found out I was pregnant with them, I just automatically loved them from the minute I knew. Right. And, you know, like just looking at them for the first time, you know, I, I loved, I love my kids. And I wanted them to always know that I'm here for them yeah. and that, they, that they're loved and I'm their number one fan. And no matter what, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And I think that's pretty obvious to most people that know you, that you are their biggest fans and that you're very intentional with, you know, making sure that you're present and you're there, um, you know, you're there physically and emotionally, but that you love them no matter what. And I think one of the things um, as a mom, especially a believing mom that you do on a daily basis that I know you do as well, is you pray for them and you pray for, um, you know, their relationships and that they know 
that you love them and that you'll care for them. And, um, you know, I know that's a huge part of your life as well, um, is making sure that that's one, one thing that they know, because, you know, like we all know things happen and it sometimes are hard COVID, right? I mean, who, yeah. who would have guessed we would have been in the year that we've had. And yet for the first time, the entire world is experiencing, you know, maybe a few months apart, experiencing the same things, but knowing that everybody understands what the other person's going through yeah, and being able to filter that through, you know, the eyes of God being in control, I think as a mom helps us comfort our own kids when we're like, Hey, I know this is hard, but you know what? God's never going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you. Exactly. But you know, we don't know what happens tomorrow or if, if something happened with one of us, but being able to take that responsibility as a mother and transfer that to our kids, I think is huge. And I know I've seen that in you as well. Thank you. I will say though, believe it or not, sometimes my kids are more of a positive influence in my life than I'm in theirs because Casey and Reese, they're very confident kids and they loved being home. Yeah. Both of them, you know, they're like, mom, we love it. And I'm like, okay. Um, that made me happy Yeah, that they loved being home. Yeah. I know it's one one of my husband's favorite uh, quotes, and I think it was George Bush Sr., that he was like one of their big goals growing up with the kids or while their kids were all growing up was he said, I just want our kids to want to come home. Once they move out and have their own families, I just want them to come home. I want them to, yes. to want to come see us. And that's always been something that... Uh, we've really prayed about is that our, you know, our relationships, you know, everybody goes through conflict, you know, big and small from time to time, but that in, in the grand scheme of things that when the kids are bigger, that they love us, they know we love them and that they want to come visit, right? Because that's kind of the whole, the whole thing. So I know for us, COVID, um, our married daughter and her husband, they came over every weekend for about eight, nine weeks in a row. And, and Lacey and Reed were home um, because Lacey wasn't living. She hadn't moved yet. And then uh, Reed wasn't at school. So we pretty much spent that first shelter in place, all of us here. And it was an adjustment at first and like, okay, everybody has to work. Everybody's either doing meetings or school or Zoom or Skype or whatever, and we had to be in different spots where we could all hear. But just knowing that they all wanted to be here, because I wouldn't know whether they were going to come for the weekend or something, and I would get a text and say, hey, do I need to bring anything? And I was just like, I just make your mom heart happy, right? You're like, it does. And want to spend time with us. (laughs) my, My bonus daughter, Jordan, she's 21, and I'm so proud of her. Her dad and I both are, and um. She has come over every single weekend this whole summer. And her and Reese, they're 12 years apart, but they are, they are best friends. Yeah. They are. I just love their relationship. I want to continue to nurture that. I love um, just her being here, her presence and seeing her smile and laugh and want to be around us. Yeah. So it does does make you happy. Yeah. I saw you put a cute, I don't know if it was a video or a picture of them at the lake tubing, <laughs> tubing together, yes. which is great. Cause I mean, that's a big age span and not, not every, you know, 20 something would want to spend that much time Mm-mm. or 
with their little sister. So I love that. She um, has been part of her life since she was born and has been to every first thing of hers and told her she'll be at every first thing for the rest of her life. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. She is, she's sweet, sweet I love sister. that. Well, now that school started, right, for for you guys, so they're back in school. Um, yes. I saw something about something you organized, which made my heart super happy. But tell me about what you did um, right before school started at your school. This was at Case's school, right? So the high school? Well, it was at all the, at all the Prosper schools. Oh, awesome. Um, yes. So, um, you know, when you're flipping through social media, especially lately, and because of the COVID, you just see so much negativity. Yeah. And with school starting up, I saw so much negativity and it just, it hurt me. Yeah. It hurt me to see, um, you know, moms hurting other moms. And I don't know, God just put it on my heart. Like Candace, I want you to organize a prayer meet at the pole. And, you know, I'm kind of a Moses. <laughs> I, uh, I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I can't do that. I, that that's out of my, no, that's out of my, um, comfort zone. And I did it and I posted it on my Facebook. Well, first I text my closest coworkers and they said, we'll be there girl. And I was like, okay. So I knew I, they, they had my back. Yeah. So that made me feel awesome. So then I posted it on my Facebook. Well, then I also posted it in some other groups. And then I asked uh, one particular group in Prosper if they would please post it. And they did. And because of it, um, people were hearing about it. And as there was quite a few people at each school praying because I went to Rock Hill and there was about 14 of us. And of course, I wanted to go over to my little girl school at Baker. And I was like, I don't know if anybody showed up, but when we got there 30 minutes later, there were still people there. And she said a lot of people showed up to pray. That's awesome. And then I saw um, on this particular group that um, uh, more people showed up at Prosper High School and um, some of the middle schools and some of the other elementary schools. And it just made my heart so happy because here we are having to deal with COVID. Everybody's in this together. And it's, you know, teachers, man, they need to get a million dollars right now. Um, they rock. I just felt like God, you know, like I wanted to like pray over our schools and for our schools, not just me, but all of us, yeah. you know, and um, it just made my heart happy. I love it because I didn't know you had done it just for, I thought maybe you just did it for Case's school. And then, no, um, um, because I think, I mean, you're right. It's such a huge, important thing to, to pray about because we are entrusting our kids to people that we don't know. And they're working extremely hard. Yes. I mean, my daughter teaches music. My son-in-law recently just got a job and is going to be teaching um, English in middle school and the amount of work they're going through and having to completely revamp how they do what they do. Um, you know, you, we don't, you don't realize unless you've ever been in the classroom 
um, how much work goes into it outside of the day you're actually doing the job. Yes. So hundred percent agree. And that's just the normal school year. This is not a normal right. school year. So teachers are having to go in overtime. Right. And they're having to prepare for virtual and they're having to prepare for in-school and everything else. And it's, I mean, and then when you see parents, you know, instead of bringing empathy and, and, and positivity and respect, you know, it just broke my heart. And so I think it's just important that, you know, I loved it because at Rock Hill, the parents that showed up, their kids showed up with them. That's sweet. And I love that they were teaching their kids how important this is. And I believe in the power of prayer. Prayer works. Amen. I truly believe in the power of prayer. You're... Um saying that you feel like Moses and in, in terms of like, no, not me, Lord, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I totally get it. Um, and I think as believers, there's always something, you know, that we feel like God maybe laid on our heart that either we brush aside as just like a fleeting thought or um, we don't really recognize that maybe that's the Holy Spirit speaking to us and asking us to do something. Or if you're like me, you have known this for some time. 15 years and haven't done anything about it until now, um, that it's the whole reason that this drive through moms thing came about. But, um, you know, I think that's an important aspect of, of something that we can, number one, pray for our kids. And then two, just see obedience in, um, is for our kids to be so in tune with the Lord and so in touch with, uh, with his voice versus, uh, the world's voice that he rec- they recognize it and they say, hey, yes. that's, that's from the Lord. And then they go, okay, well, what's next? But you being obedient to say, okay, the Lord gave me this, put it on my heart and it didn't go away. And you're going, okay, Lord, I don't really want to do this, but I'll do it anyway. Is just such a testament to you seeing God work in your life in the past and his past faithfulness to you. And then translating that into knowing he's going to be faithful with your obedience to just do what he's asked you to do. You know, it, I'm just, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm very excited you. that you, that you did it, but I also know you did it with the heart to make a difference and prosper and to do something that the Lord asked you to do, um, for the good, right? I mean, that's yes. that the point. Yes. The funny thing is, is that I, it even like when I, after I posted it, I, I was like shaking a little bit yeah. and then right then I, God gave me a sign and it, and then I just like, Oh, I know that was you Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was one thing I was going to ask you too, was just, you know, is there a time when you know that you, you know, there's sometimes that, you know, God did something and you can't explain it to somebody else. You know, that it was the Lord intervening. Um, that in that particular situation. So if that's something that you experienced in this, I think that's just either, you know, further confirmation of, you know, him saying now, well done, good and faithful servant (laughs) that you're doing what I ask you to do and stepping into, um, you know, that next thing, everybody that I've talked to so far is, it's not funny because they've all pretty much said the same thing at some time during the conversation. Um, that it's sometimes hard to not see the big picture 
of what God wants, but he's just giving us something small. And even if it's small to us, it maybe it seems huge. It's big. Yeah, it's big. It's big. big. But by doing it, he's just drawing you a little bit closer to him. And I think when we see his faithfulness in each step, you're just like, okay, I know you're there, you know? Yes. And it it makes you feel... I mean, awesome. Yeah. He's our, he's my, he's my father. He's my dad. Yeah. And I, that's how I look at being a mom. Like when God gifted, he gave my children to me as a gift and they don't belong to me. They belong to him. And I want to make sure that they grow up to be the man and woman, women, that God created them to be not what I want them to be, but what he wants them to be. Right. That's like the most important thing to me and something I always pray about that they grow to be the man and women God created them to be. I love you so much. My gosh, I miss miss seeing you and your blonde hair, cheetah print self. I was so happy when I saw you earlier that, you know, that's what you were wearing. I was like, you know, if I could picture anything with Candace, I just, your sweet smile and willingness to just do whatever, servant hearted and be there for other people, whether it was the kids at school or your family. I just... I love you so much. Thank you. Can I say, can I say one thing? Yeah. <clears throat> I'll tell you, because earlier you were, you know, when we were talking about my childhood and like kind of where I'm at as a mom now, but even like in my workplace, um, my dad used to always tell me like growing up, he's like, Candace, he goes, you have the gift of children. And I'm just like, what in the world is he talking about? <laughs> but he used to tell me that since I was, adolescent. He's like, Candace, you just have this special gift with children. And I took it with a grain of salt. Yeah. But I love children. I love their innocence about them. And children don't lie. And that's one of the things I love about them. Because when they tell you they love you, they tell you you're beautiful when I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, they mean it. Yeah. And a child's hug, there's nothing like it. Yeah. Nothing. Well, you were definitely in the right place at the right time with where you are in your job. And God's put you there for a reason with those kiddos. And it's been a blessing for me when I got to work with you and just see the effect you have, not only on them, but, you know, if you're loving on a kiddo and, and you're, you know, helping them know that, Hey, when you're here with me, you're safe, you're loved yes. and you're cared for that, that translates to parents too, um, because they feel safe with leaving their kids with you and knowing that you're telling them, Hey, God loves you. and They'll remember that. And, the, you know, when you think back of teachers that you've had through the years or even when you were little, I still remember little, you know, teachers that I had. And my kids, all three, would tell you, oh, I remember Miss Nanette. You know, yeah. I remember <laughs> this teacher when I was little. Um, because those things just make such a lasting impression. And the whole, yes. the whole point of doing this podcast, like I said, is... I kind of came to the same place in the middle of all of this COVID garbage um, 
that, you know, this isn't going to be anything, you know, rocket science. This is conversations with moms about real life, ordinary moms, but that are serving extraordinary ways. And because there needs to be, you know, some added good and more of that positive, you know, energy or positive speaking or just conveying to the world that God loves them and that regardless of what they're going through, whether it's with their kids or their husband or whatever, it's it's temporary, it's, you know, but that God's in control and He's with us all the time, no matter what. And so that's really the the focus of this. And I thank you so, so much for being on and letting me chat with you. It was sweet to get to catch up. So, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Um, don't forget to share this with your friends. You can follow us on Instagram um, at Drive Through Moms. Um, and we'll be posting uh, links on the website so that you can go back and listen to something or look up information that we talk about during the show. Candace, if somebody resonated with your story and wanted to reach out to you, um, Facebook, okay, they can send you a private message just if they you said something that kind of struck a chord with them. Um, they can find of you course. on Facebook, right? Yes, of course. All right. All right. Thanks, love. It was so good to talk to good you. To talk. Love you Thanks. much. All love right. you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Till next time. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Drive Through Moms podcast. I love hearing God's pursuit of these moms' hearts through His faithfulness in every situation. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, as well as get more information about each of the sweet ladies and our resource page coming soon on our website, drivethroughmoms.org. Subscribe on iTunes, and if you like what you're hearing, leave us a great review. We'd so appreciate it. Until next time, happy Wednesday.